Do you know what Lil and I have just been doing? Is it something you want to share? We've just been winnowing. Winnowing. So, uh, okay, what have you been winnowing? We were winnowing uh, recipes. Right. So the way that it used to work in the in the olden times is they was they was they was kind of <laughs> there was like a big sieve. Oh, come on, you're gonna have to follow through now. Uh, you can't you can't just right, tease us with a couple. There was like a great big sieve, and you put all of your stuff in the middle of it, and you throw it up in the air, and the the I can't do it. The wind would blow the shitty bits ah. out, and it would fall down. It's also a really good uh, word if you're practicing your Kiwi accent to winnow. Oh, you're gonna have to say it for me so I can repeat it. Winnow. Winnow. I know that just sounds like winnow. <laughs> it doesn't sound Kiwi to me. It's not like fuck gun. <laughs> I got a winnow. I got a winnow. Oh, got winnow. A, I got a. Oh, got anyway. A, I got a winnow. Fuck's gun. Pen. Yeah, duck. Yeah. That was that was deck, by the way, when I said duck. Sucks. Big duck. Oh, good sucks. Big duck. <laughs> what a rocking start. This is a podcast in which two friends have serious conversations about silly things and silly conversations about serious things. I'm Simon Ellis. And I'm Lee Miller. Welcome to Midlife In. Hey, yeah. we, um, we have a follow-up from last week, is that right? We do. Well, yes, we do, because Mena sent me a couple of messages after she'd listened to the show. I think she wanted to hear the unedited version. I think that's the oh, short. I, should, I think right, that's the okay, short okay. where she went, wait on, hang on. There's got to be more than that. But the thing that she said, which I thought was very interesting, uh, was she wasn't really thinking about the toxics. See, we, I, I knew that I'd taken us off well actually you well, said i was the one that introduced yeah, you it said, that's true i was taking yeah. full responsibility for being angry <laughs> it's very <laughs> yeah, yeah you um you picked up the ball and ran with it but she was thinking more about and she kind of whispered it and i'm going to whisper it now okay she was thinking more about the wokes oh. that the the boys who are who know the right things to say and uh, you might say indoctrinated into a into a particular language, and yet their behaviour is not does not seem to be any different from what she described. Oh, that's interesting that she is seeing them as different and distinct, as opposed to just thinking of that as a um, a different stripe of toxicity. Somebody who's learnt the game. Yes, they haven't quite learnt that um, the. Don't actions speak louder than words thing. Yeah. I actually had this experience during this week where, um, you know, someone was quite sophisticated in their, let's say, discourse, in their use of language around these questions. Mm -hmm. Let's say I'll call it the gap or the discrepancy between the discourse and the Mm -hmm. sophistication of the discourse. And then the way this person behaved was mind boggling. Mm. And it, it, it didn't, you know, and I think we're all doing that to a greater or lesser extent. We know, how is it that we understand how we behave in relation to the things we say? It's very complex, isn't it? To very. Um, navigate and to be, to recognize our behavior as other people see our behavior in part, because as we've talked about so many times, see episodes, you know, 12, 13, 47. No, that's in the future. But probably um, see the future episodes as well. <laughs> 
Yeah. I'm not going to finish the sentence just to make it even more um, enigmatic. So for listeners, there was a shit ton cut out of last week's conversation. And that was because, and I think it's maybe useful to say, that it was such a rich conversation between the two of us. I really enjoyed talking to Simon about the things that we were talking about. But man alive, it was a fucking miserable listen. (laughs) So what was miserable? Because I don't listen back. Because we got into the weeds of conversations around... I guess, effectively, our different positions on on gender theory. And incels. And incels came up as well. And just to be clear, when I say different positions, it's not that Simon is pro-incel and I am anti-incel. It's more... <laughs> just for the record. <laughs> Nor is it the other way around. <laughs> Thanks for the clarification. It's just important that when people hear this, they don't go, what do they mean? Different positions on incels. Um, It's not that we we weren't taking those kinds of diametrically opposed positions. It was more that in an attempt to try and find nuance in the space between us, we, we spent a lot of time going, oh, this is really hard. And it was, it was like, um, I guess, I guess the equivalent would be, Watching somebody work out is not going to be as rewarding as working out yourself. Mm. And it felt to me like a really good bit of exercise. And I was definitely like really stiff and achy afterwards. But I didn't want to watch the video back of me just doing burpees because that's effectively what it would have been. Because it was, I would have just gone, oh, your form is awful. Look how quickly you sweat. Yeah. I love the idea that I made you stiff and sweaty. <laughs> oh, Simon. Every week. <laughs> Every week. And we're back to a Kinsey 3. Um, I reckon we might be working our way up. <laughs> um, <clears throat> yeah. I mean, it's, it's so interesting because I don't, you know, I don't speak to these conversations with an eye to how they're going to sound. Hmm. I mean... You know, we're just trying to figure stuff out, right, yeah, and, yeah. and have conversations. Maybe we'll get better at that. I don't know. It's uh, in a way, I think that's partly my understanding of what our shtick is. I don't want. I don't I'm sure. Don't want to get into this too much because I think it's not that interesting for us. It's a little bit navel gazy for yeah, us. Yeah, I be. think so. They're kind of not for public consumption until they've been edited. We're not thinking of. You know, which would be such interesting if we were able to do it live, for example. It would be quite a weird thing. Um, yeah, yeah. Hey, um, we got a message. Is that what you're going to say? You're going to segue. Do. So if it, do, now, do I? Um, I think you have to because I know who this is. So this is from Jamie. Jamie. Jamie Hadley. Jamie Lewis Hadley. Jamie Lewis Hadley is a phenomenal young man. I paused over young then because I was like, oh, I'm not sure how young he is anymore because I knew him when he was a younger man. I still know him. He works in live arts. He's done a lot of really interesting body-based practice. Particularly interested in the kind of the interface between masculinities and pain so he's done a lot of work on wrestling he's done some stuff uh, on bloodletting and, and barber shops and he's uh yeah he's his work is really lovely wow I, I, there was so many things in there i was thinking i wonder how many of our audience are familiar with those ideas even like performance art or live art might be well here's a here's a, a thing that we'll throw out if anybody wants us to just ever do a session on <laughs> On our specialist subjects, if you'd like Simon to talk about release-based choreography, just give oh. us a shout. <laughs> oh. Oh. He'll talk Can to you, you all about Limone. Um, oh, I just, sorry, I just fell asleep on my mic. 
Limone. Did you say Limone? I did. <laughs> such a such a choreographer name dropper. I know, but I have to d- dig deep into my bag of names so that I don't just end up saying Pina Bausch because that's or like... Martha Graham. I'm not a philistine, Simon. So, Jamie, who clearly is an avid listener, he says this. My granddad often told me to enjoy my body whilst I was young. Once you hit 40, he said, your body begins to slowly break it down. (laughs) I don't know, Jamie, but I'm not liking him so far. With you both having such rigorous and committed body-based practices... I was wondering, as a person who is fast approaching early midlife, what would you say are the most important attitudes, characteristics, and habits to adopt and or change as our material bodies begin to decline? Oh, he, begin to dot, 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 decline. And he says, Obs, no feedback for you guys, but trust that you are the highlight of my podcasting week. Oh, oh yeah. What a sweet human. Love to you both. X. Oh, love to you, Jamie. That is such a... Mm. This is so confronting. Yeah, th- this is the time that I have to say I was nearly in hospital this week. So I'm just going to start there. I woke up on Tuesday morning at 4am with the most intense stabbing pain underneath my right rib cage. I so mean, you, the pain woke you up? The pain woke me up, which I don't think has ever happened to me in my life. I was woken oh, up by really? this stabbing sensation and it was... It was uh, searing and excruciating and it it winded me and I didn't know where to move or how to move or even if I could. So my first thought was, I'm having a heart attack. Down by your, under your right rib cage. And then went, no, Mm -hmm. I'm not having a heart attack because I'm not sweaty. I don't feel nauseous. My arms are not tingling. So there's nothing else that's happening. This is a very localized sensation. Okay, so I ticked that off in my head which helped <laughs> helped me dial down the immediate panic. I kind of went through all of the things. Is it my appendix? It's a little too high for my appendix. Also, I don't feel sick. I'm not nauseous. I'm not sweating. I'm not running a temperature. Okay, so I just I ticked through all of the things to try and work out if I needed to call a, an ambulance. Did you, you work up Bob, though, didn't you? No, nope. no, because I was trying to decide if I needed to wake up Bob or all of those sorts of things. So I, I stayed with it until about six o'clock I went for a walk with the dog still in the same kind of pain or had it shifted nope it was still the same level but the moment i started to walk it sort of started to reduce so Mm. that i thought well this is a good sign then phone the doctor i got an appointment within 15 minutes so in i popped hopped on the table he pressed me he asked me to score the pain one to ten he he then wrote a, a note to the um to the receptionist that said uh get bloods now and now is in capital letters and double underlined that didn't worry me at all I mean, it could have been get bloods right now. Yeah, exactly. Um, it's too late for bloods. <laughs> get the leeches. Um, I wish he'd. I wish he'd called me when he woke up, as opposed to waiting and going for a walk. Anyway, so I have my bloods taken. Um, all the time, my pain is is reducing, and the whole this whole sort of at the doctor's thing. So from phoning to the doctors was probably the whole thing was less than an hour. Yeah, And he said, it looks like you might have gallstones and you'll need to have your gallbladder removed. Wow. That's if it continued 
And he said, it still looks like gallstones, but if the pain starts to reduce, you've just had a biliary colic attack. And when the pain subsides, we'll get you a, an ultrasound in due course. And then we can... And we can are you in see. any pain now? No. I pause there because um, everything... It feels like the insides of me are a little bruised. So I went off on a really long ramble there about this week. I'd like to hear a more... Well, not nearly as interesting. Well, no, I was just thinking a more kind of temperate response. And I guess that's maybe that's at the the heart of the question, um, Jamie's question, which is, uh, I've got these bifocal glasses and I, I have to duck my head quite a long way down to bring it into focus, which means I think my I'm a little bit out of mic range. Anyway... Uh, speaking of, uh, I was going to say, ladies and gentlemen, right there, slowly breaking down <laughs> eyes. My goodness! I actually, I remember. Um, uh, actually, it was at Mena's place in in Melbourne at her family, their family home, and uh, it was the first time in my life that I recognised that I was holding a bottle of wine away from me in order to be able to read the label. Oh. And anyway, so yes, that was and um Manor's dad, who it's fair to say likes to uh likes to tease me, had a good uh, that was a good night for him seeing me. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the like for me the heart of the question is what are the most what would you say? So let's just agree that um you know, your body declines. I mean, there's no argument, right? What would you say are the most important attitudes, characteristics, and habits to adopt and or change as our material bodies begin to decline? I it's really it's it's one of those it's a very simple paradox, uh, and th- this has been more recent for me than you know it wasn't when I was forty for sure because I was still deep in you know doing a lot of dancing as a forty year old, but now that just that simple paradox which is the things you the things that you ought to do become much harder to do um and that's for two reasons one is and by that i mean just basic taking care of your body and 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 i think that's for two reasons one is that they physically become less pleasurable so it's more like a, for me it's more like an encounter with aches and pains like a kind of a quite a constant encounter with aches and pains but also because i've had such a long life of so many physical practices as an athlete, as a dancer, that I'm also a little bit bored. I'm a little bit like, oh, my God, I've had enough of doing this kind of thing. Mm. And so that is not a, I mean, maybe it's a way to begin a conversation. Yeah, I mean, I don't know what else to say. Like, for me, they're simple practices. And they're, and like, if I'm being really direct as a response, what is it that we most of us are doing all the time? We're sitting and we're facing the front. So we basically have this ventrally oriented seated posture. By ventrally oriented, I mean we're forward facing. And so like to, to me, anything that's shifting or modifying or awakening the body in ways that are not like that. So lengthening the, lengthening the hip folds. So you do stretching across the front of the hips, giving lots of rotation in the spine. So rotating around the longitudinal axis of the spine. I go, this is very pragmatic, but like that, it's just to recognize what am I mostly doing? And then what habits can I create, which are not doing those things? This is dangerously close to our specialisms here, uh, Lee. Slightly freaky. Uh, well, yeah. I mean, I've spent 
quite a lot of time over over the lockdown period of the of the pandemic um teaching <laughs> teaching chair yoga to to desk-based administrators and researchers at various universities was that a side hustle <laughs> it wasn't a side hustle it kind of became one of the, the things i was doing um mm. anyway that's that's all probably to be cut out um but it is <laughs> It is very close to our specialisms, as you say, said about 20 years ago. But, yeah. <laughs> I've been waiting patiently, but um, thanks for agreeing with me. What's really interesting is you did go immediately to somewhere quite pragmatic. I know. And there's a question, there's a bit of the question that Jamie asked, which I thought was really interesting, which he says, what would you say are the most important attitudes? Mm. So the first word he asks is about attitudes and 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 i went to habits i'm quite interested in the idea of an attitudinal shift so if you can maintain a level of curiosity and go oh what's this about and then also to kind of try and cultivate a sense of gratitude two things come to mind well well one thing is like for me there's a missing step in there which is how is it that you come to notice something's going on and sensitivity to notice something's going on i think the reason that maybe we didn't land on that question sooner is that you know jamie asks us as two people who he assumes (laughs) actually he knows us both i think well enough to know that we do have uh, rigorous and committed body-based practices and you've just said this week you were you know i presume you were in a studio when you were with those other dancers i was indeed and i presume you were moving around yes although not as lively as they were (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> motherfuckers but um so i, I think I, no i'm just thinking that we, we we're probably coming at this question as people who have been paying attention so that's i think you raise a really interesting point how is it that you come to pay attention i guess is my question isn't it? yeah you know and, and, and lil and i talk about this a lot and there's something so and and this is someone i'm speaking of someone who went to university to study physical education so my first degree was in physical education at the university of otago in dunedin in new zealand and when you rock up on the first day it's just people who have been physically gifted all they've known is what it's like to be good at sport and that sport is a central enough part of their lives Um, and when i say sport i mean the, the whole gamut from people who are rock climbers or mountaineers to rugby players to cricketers whatever and that that's all they've known. And so these are these were not all of us, but certainly a good chunk of us, not not me included, were to be the future's physical education teachers. And I don't know what your experience of physical education was like, or indeed if you even had any at primary school and high school. But it was basically going out and playing sport in New Zealand. There was never there was not a single time when there was a conversation about what is this body? I don't mean from a mechanical perspective, but I mean, what does this body feel like? What's it capable of doing? What's it not capable of doing? What happens if you do this? So there's no sort of sense of, uh, I'll say, arousing exploration or curiosity in the body as a thing to be looked after and as a thing to be nurtured and as a thing to be understood and experienced and and changed and mobilized, etc., etc. right? And so there's this horrendous situation where you then and then that just gets perpetuated so you have physical education all the kids that are great at sport they like physical education they go on to be physical so you've got these people who are teaching who've never known what it's like not to be in a body that they let's say have control of Mm. Mm. you're you're absolutely speaking um my experience but i'm on the other side of the fence to the one that you're on 
So you were the left out. You were basically you were like the you were yeah. Anyway, go on. Oh, exactly. I was the I was I was picked last. So you know, whenever there was teams <laughs> oh. to be chosen. No, that's okay. I mean, I've 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 come to terms with this. Breaks my heart because yeah. I was always the one doing the picking. Yeah, and you would not have picked me. You would have done everything <laughs> you possibly could. You would have picked. You'd have picked the asthmatic before you would pick me, because I was so disconnected from oh. my body, and also um, the idea of taking pleasure in doing something was was impossible because I I wasn't good at something. And because I wasn't good at something, nothing was encouraged. Even now, if you throw a ball at me, it will hit me in the face. I mean, next time I see you, if that ever happens again, I'm going to carry the ball with me just so I can put that to the test. It, it will. Even if you're standing <laughs> behind me and you throw the ball at the back of me, it will somehow come around me and hit me square hit in the you. face. It's, it's a skill that I have. It's like the bullet that killed John F. Kennedy, the magic bullet. <laughs> Yeah, I, I'm, I was going to say I've got magic balls, but that's a, another <laughs> another podcast. Um, yes, next week Lee <laughs> talks about his magic balls. So I think the experience that you talk about really really makes sense for me. But in a way, it's you know, um, it's like it's too late. You know, that's what I mean. Is that it's it's a very broken system. At least I would imagine in in Western education, um, and I know that there'll be some pockets. And certainly when I was studying physical education, the Swedish system was held up in very high regard in terms of it being a place of, let's call it, I don't know, physical education. Like it says it on the tin, right? Mm. Um, but I like I like that you're drawing attention to Jamie's thing about attitudes because I think one of the things that was striking about when I started becoming a, a full, when I went to being a kind of a novice dancer to doing full-time dance training. Still a novice, but going from just dabbling to right into it. And one of the things that struck me was, even though I was a very capable and very experienced in, let's say, the, the body as a machine, I was completely unprepared for the possibilities of developing the kinds of sensitivities that are available to us in relation to our bodies, is that idea of interoception, where your capacity to sense your organs, to sense the insides of your body becomes really developed. And I guess my point about that is not to show off or even to suggest that I have those things, but rather that that our both our attitudes to our bodies and our sensitivity to our, body, to our bodies is incredibly flexible and open to change. And I, I think that in the sense that it's not necessarily that our, yes, our bodies are changing all the time, but I think that our capacity to be sensitive to those changes and be sensitive to the body as it is, uh, um, they're extraordinary and available to all of us. Um, and so there's a kind of an attitude for me, which is I don't have to have this ongoing relationship with my body. I can change this relationship with my body, even as a 40-year-old, even as a 45-year-old, that there's possibilities and space here for me to adopt a different relationship with my body. And there are certainly very particular practices, which I think, and I can talk about them, which are incredibly useful for helping that um, develop that kind of attitude of curiosity and openness. I wonder, though, is, is Jamie's question the... So you okay? You just said that really interesting thing about the plasticity of the body and the body's ability to kind of yeah modify modify shift yeah, adapt. 
I wonder, do we forget as we get older that that is always still open to us to a certain degree because the narratives of declination are there for us? I know. Mm. Given Jamie's question, what is it that you would want someone listening to this podcast who he's actually asking, he's asking us to help others to give information to others, right? Asking for advice. My question is, what would you want listeners to take away from this? Like, what's the take-home message? (laughs) The takeaway for me would be, effectively, meet yourself with kindness. Mm. Start there. And I don't know what that would take. That's the bit where I kind of have to take my foot right off the pedal and go, okay, so maybe we can't get to curiosity. Maybe we can't get to, here's a series of practices. We, maybe we can't do that. Maybe we can just start with trying to meet yourself with kindness. And if you're unable to do that, what do you have to do in order to be able to? See, that what you've just described then, I guess that's what I've been trying to get at is surrendering. Because mm. I think so much of our lives is spent holding our bodies in relation to the things that are coming at us, whether it's work through a computer screen or whether it's um, information that was coming at you or a ball coming at you or however. Like it's, And there's something about, like to me, that word is such a beautiful word to be thinking about the body surrender so even if i'm walking and i'm just walking in a park that i can surrender to that park i don't have to be filling the park with my presence i don't have to be going at it hard i don't have to right and so there's something there for me which i that that's a kind of body which i think can sustain itself well in a long time into very old age which is so distinct from that kind of a body that's worn out through hardness I'm just going to say this might sound like virtue signaling in a way that it's not intended to. So I'm just going to say I am really aware that Simon and I have spoken exclusively from able-bodied perspectives. And there is a sense of innate ableism in the way that we have approached this conversation today. Anyway, so I just wanted to sort of put a little pin in that, that I think we both are aware that there's a big gap that oh, no, we just I think, can't speak to. I just, you know, I'm, I'm just aware that it's, a, um, it's, it's something that we, we just didn't, we, we didn't negotiate or touch upon. And, uh, and you're, a, you're much more, um, you're like an eight on the Kinsey woke scale compared with me. <laughs> it's not. <laughs> I'm half asleep still. I don't think it's about being woke in this instance. I think it's just about, <laughs> it's about knowing wheelchair users or it's about knowing people with an invisible disability who you kind of, you say, oh, can we just run and meet up at this point? Oh, and then halfway through the day, you send them a text message and say, actually, I can't meet there. And they kind of sometimes quite legitimately can say, fuck you, because it's not that easy for me just to suddenly change what yeah. I was going to do because I've had yeah. to do these things just to be able to get to that place. And it's the, you know, it's that, that's that sort of that, that, um, yeah, that simplicity of just being able to kind of like change your mind about something. Sure. Anyway, so, but yeah, sure, so sure. It, it's, yeah. it's not about what it, it, in that instance, although I'm sure there have been many moments in the podcast where I, I have been trying to <sighs> unintentionally, at any rate, show my signal wokeness. virtues. Yeah, 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 signal virtues. <laughs> this was just thinking about, <laughs> thinking about a couple of friends who are going, hmm. 